Welcome back to another episode of Meathead Hippie Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Schramm. I am a nutritional therapy practitioner, personal trainer, entrepreneur, and I just love helping empower you to empower yourself. So whatever way I can do that, whether it's through movement, whether it's through these podcasts, whether it's through some tea, um, I'm just so grateful that you're here and that you're back. And if it's your first time listening, welcome. I have a quick announcement. We are doing M's March Madness. So last week's podcast was basically a monologue of shit M is into. If you're interested in some of the random thoughts that I have going on, some some basically thoughts, tarot cards, supplements that I'm into, et cetera. But I got to address this a little bit. So you might have already seen we are doing 25% off across all brands and all companies. So 25% off challenges, nutrition programs, strength programs, swag, including Meathead Hippie podcast swag. We have new sweatshirts. They're so comfortable. I'm wearing it right now. Uh, 25% off impacts and tees. No code is needed. And every purchase is an entry to play into this fun thing that I made called M's March Madness. So I hope you enjoy it. And I'm excited to see all of you beautiful people repping the tees and the impacts. And it's just it's just going to be awesome. I am so in love with what I do and I love the community that we've built. So that is my only announcement today. I just got off the call with her and I just, I always love filming intros right after I have this huge high and this huge, like booming chest of That was such a good conversation. So my guest today is Chrissy King and the things we touched into, I mean, it's just like, if you're going to listen to any podcast, this is it because we do, it's just everything. She is right in alignment with not just finding her strength in the gym, finding powerlifting. One of my favorite kind of quotes that she talked about was saying, she's not a weak person. That was the narrative that she had in her head. She wasn't a fit person. She wasn't a strong person. That was just who she was, right? And going into the gym and changing her own narrative, not just physically, but then in the next step with her career, with her path, with her writing, uh, it's just really powerful. It's really going to resonate because I think all of us experience that. What story am I telling myself and what can I change? Because I can change any story if I finally realize it's just a story. And so we dig into vibrations, the society around us of how it affects the way we think about ourselves, why we're constantly comparing, why we always are looking at other people and kind of trying to be them in a way because we just are, we don't know what else to be. So finding our authentic self, finding our voice, detaching ourselves from the outcome, detaching ourselves from, from the results. You, you just are going to love this. So let me read her bio really quick and then we'll just jump right into it. So Chrissy King, she's a writer, a speaker, a fitness and strength coach, and a power lifter with a passion for intersectional feminism and creating a diverse and inclusive fitness industry. She spent the most of her life thinking about shrinking, whether it was her body, her voice, her life in general, and strength training, powerlifting specifically was one of those things that changed that narrative for her. And she is so passionate about sharing her love for lifting, but also her love for self-acceptance. So she has a huge body liberation project, learning how, teaching people how to learn how to liberate their body. And you can find her at, at I am Chrissy King and ChrissyKing.com. Okay, without further ado, you're going to love this. I can't wait to hear what you think. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie 
Welcome to the show. Chrissy King, welcome to Meathead Hippie Podcast. I love having other meatheads on the show, so I'm so glad you're here. Oh, I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm so glad we finally got this to happen. Um, You're in Milwaukee. You have a big, huge passion for powerlifting. I know that that probably took a journey to get into powerlifting, so I would love to start there about your journey with the barbell and also just how your fitness has evolved and where you kind of are at right now with your fitness. Absolutely. I'd love to talk about that. So um, my journey into fitness started uh, where probably a lot of people's do. I um, was like in my 20s and I was just like, oh my God, I need to lose weight and be skinny. Um, And so I actually joined a gym for like the first time in my adult life Mm -hmm. with my sister. And for like the first couple of weeks, like I just did cardio. That's like only thing I felt comfortable in doing in the gym. And so I just be like on the cardio equipment doing my thing. Um, And then my sister one day was like, oh, I got a personal trainer. And I'm like, what are you talking about? about. So then I was like, well, I want to try it out too. So I got the same trainer she did and she had been going for like a week before me. And so I remember the first session with the trainer, she was like, okay, what are your goals? Like typical trainer stuff. And I was like, oh, I just want to be skinny. Like that's what I'm here for. And she like laughed a little. She's like, okay, cool. It's just like, well, we're going to do some, you know, like weight stuff, do some body weight stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. Like I just, think you missed my message. I want to be skinny. So I feel like we should be doing some cardio or something. And she's like, just trust me. And so she took me through my first session was only 30 minutes. And it was really just a lot of body weight stuff, like walking lunges. We did a little, um, like dumbbell work, but nothing super intense. However, it felt like the longest 30 minutes of my life um, because I had never done any strength training at, like at all, right? So it just seemed so challenging. And I remember like not wanting to go back because it was so hard, but also like, well, I and also I just thought like, I don't want muscles. I don't think she knows what she's doing. Um, <laughs> but, but I like it already paid. So I was like, well, I'm going to keep going. Um, and then this really interesting thing happened is like I kept training with her and it got like a little bit easier every time, right? It took time, but it did get a little bit easier. And I remember thinking like, wow, like my first time doing walking lunges, like I thought I wasn't going to be able to do like 10 and now they're getting so much easier and they feel better. Um, and then slowly, like I started seeing that my body was getting stronger and I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like I always had this narrative that I was just like a weak person. That's who I was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I'm actually getting kind of strong. This is really cool. Um, and I started really enjoying it. And like within a couple of months, I was like, oh my God, why haven't I been doing this my entire life? Um, I really, really love strength training. And then through a series of events, um, she left, like it was a commercial gym. Her boyfriend had opened a like strength and conditioning gym. So she started training there. And I remember the first day walking into that new gym, it was like amazing because they had like barbells everywhere. Um, and I saw like women that like, deadlifting and squatting. And I had never seen that really. And I was like super intrigued. Um, so eventually I started um, coaching with her. They actually broke up. And so I stayed at the gym because she wasn't training anywhere. And uh, the guy who owned it was like, you would probably be really good at powerlifting. And I was like, nah, I don't even know really exactly what that is. And he's like, well, let's just try it. And so like, he really, you know, just took me under his wing and like taught me to squat and bench and deadlift. And it was just like, one of those things that technique wise, it like clicked for me right away. And I like immediately fell in love with like the barbell and powerlifting. And that's kind of like how it all started for me. And the one thing that was really transformative of me for me about strength training is that um, I realized like that narrative that I was just like a weak person was like not true. And that strength is a skill just like anything else. Um, 
And so I was like, wow, like what else, what other things have I not been doing in my life? Because I thought I'm not, I couldn't do that. And it's like, oh, I could be doing so many other things. And like, how many false narratives do I have? So strength training really like transformed my life in so many ways. And like, it's because of powerlifting and like the barbell that I'm doing all the things I'm doing today, which I never imagined I'd be doing either. Oh my God. I'm so glad I asked that question right off the bat because everything you said, I'm like, this is so real. This is so good. Uh, I, it, Chrissy, I think the, the coolest thing is like th- so many times I think people assume that people on my podcast, they've just always been fit or athletic, or they've already had some sort of knowledge and background, and then they just kind of pursued it a little bit more, right? So it's just incredible to know at whatever age, like that narrative exists and that narrative can be changed. The I am weak to, oh, actually, that's the story I made up in my own head. That's so powerful. Um, I'm going to go back just really quick because I think this is something that isn't talked about enough. And I think you're just the perfect person to ask. When it came to you going to the gym with your sister years and years ago or whenever it was, what was the thing was, do you remember the moment of saying like, okay, I actually can do this. I should be doing this. Even though it took a while to get into what you're doing, powerlifting, et cetera, and having that confidence. Do you remember why it it was drawing you to the gym and why you finally kind of stuck with it and went back for that second session? Yeah. You know, I think honestly for me, I I think I never really even like thought about joining a gym because I just thought like, you know, fit people go to the gym and I'm not fit and I don't know what to do with the gym. So I felt like really intimidating place to even go to. Um, So I honestly feel like having my sister with me um, and just like having a training partner to be with at the gym was like the thing that was like, oh, okay, we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we trained together for like a long time. Um, and now like my sister is not really doing strength training. She's like all in the yoga world now. So we're both doing different things. But like, but now I'm at a place where it's like, I'm fine by myself. But that initial like going, I don't know that I ever would have done it if I didn't have like the support of someone else um, that was just like with me doing it as well. I love that advice. That's so good. Get yourself a buddy, people. Yeah. And a person. <laughs> um, and we, you, when you were just finishing up, you said like this really trained, they, what other stories am I telling myself? Like I am weak. No, actually strength is a skill. I am strong and I can learn this. What, what's like the first thing that you maybe saw at crossover outside of physical and outside of quite literal strength when you look at how it, relate into your life and how it related to like what you're doing now. Do you remember that first kind of switch of like, oh, actually this is more than just fitness. This is how capable I am in the life that I am living. Um, like emotionally and spiritually, what was that first or maybe just a story that immediately changed or quickly changed when you started to notice the strength you had physically? Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, one of the biggest things for me that's come out of that is um, when I was growing up, I was like always, when I was like a young child, I was like always spending my time reading books and writing. Like that's what I just like love to do. Um, And I was like a kid, I used to like write like these very like vivid stories. I used to write poetry. I run like contests when I was in middle school. Like that was my thing. And I think then I went to high school and like when I finished high school and went to college, I was just like, well, like I need to do something practical, right? Like writing is not like a thing, although obviously clearly it is a thing, but like for me, it was just like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? I need to figure it out. And so like, I just really stopped writing and I never 
never, I don't even remember, like, remember when I stopped or why I stopped. Just kind of like, oh, that, that was just this thing I used to do when I was a kid. Um, and so when I started joining training and eventually I started, I got like my own, uh, I got certified and I started training people. And eventually I was like, oh, I'm going to do this online thing, which I, again, I was just like, oh, this is this thing I'm going to do. I'm going to try. But what really came out of the online thing is like a return to writing for me. Mm. Um, and now, um, like, right. I, I feel like that's a part of my work, like is writing. Um, and so that for me was like one of the huge things that came out of strength training, because again, like writing something that I loved and, and like the idea that like, we have to do like practical things, or there's only certain things that we can do with our time and our energy. And a lot of it's programming from the world, right. About like what conventional living is supposed to look like. Um, so that's been something that's really been important to me and has really brought me home to who I am. And that definitely evolved through strength. Oh, I love it. And I actually want to share some of your writing because I, I really, really love, you know, your little tweets and your uh, quotes that you do. I mean, you, it's very clear. It's a gift. So I'm going to share one of them that I really love. Um, this was in February. So this is part of your body liberation project. If we make self-love or body acceptance conditional, the truth is we will never be happy with ourselves. The reality is that our bodies are constantly changing and that they will never remain exactly the same. If we base our self-worth on something as ever-changing as our bodies, we will forever be on the emotional roller coaster of body obsession and shame. Oh, that is so good. I would love if you could unpack that a little bit because this is so real for, I think, all of us, right? Of my body is my worth and my body represents me and my body is who I am in this world and what it represents and just so much is in that belief. Uh, and I think that's what's the struggle of whether it's fitness and wellness, the kind of balance of self-improvement, but also self, self-acceptance. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, a lot of my writing and things I talk about come from like, not all of it, but a lot of it comes from my own personal experience. And so I had a very, really, you know, interesting journey around my own body image and body acceptance. And again, it started with me being in the gym. Like I, I came there just to be skinny. Like I didn't think I needed to be strong or think there was any value in that. I definitely didn't want to have any muscles because in my mind at that point, like this is how I was programmed. Like, oh, muscles are for men. Like women don't have muscles. Like all these just narratives I had made up. Um, and so like through the process of like strength training and tr fitness, um, I, my body did physically change a lot. And, um, but even at the beginning, it was still, even though my body changed and looked different, I was still very, <clears throat> very much, uh, putting my self-worth on how I looked and I just need to be a little bit skinnier. I just need to lose five more pounds. I just need to like little, look a little more muscular because once I fell in love with muscles, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. I just need to look a little bit more like this and then I need to look like this person and it was just like this ongoing thing, right? And I found myself, even though I was like in really great shape um, and really, really strong, I felt myself, found myself still unhappy, right? Like, oh, if I could just do this next thing, then I'll be happy and then I do that next thing and it was still not enough, right? And so like it really took me a long time to conceptualize and realize that like if I'm putting my happiness and basing it on these exterior things and these conditions, right, that I can only love myself and, and be happy with myself and accept myself when I get to this next thing, there'll always be a next thing. Mm -hmm. There'll never be a place where I'm like, oh my God, I'm enough, I'm worthy, I'm whole. And so I recognized that 
that that has to be the starting point, right? No matter what your body looks like, no matter where you are, no matter what your career is, no matter what you have to be like, I'm inherently worthy now. And while I'm also having goals and I want to make some physical changes or I want to make some changes in my life, those things are all okay and perfectly fine, but those aren't going to make me a happier person or a more worthy person or more valuable person. I'm already those things. And I'm just working on these improvements because that's what I want to do. Um, and it takes a lot of time, I think, for some people to get to that place. It took me a long time to get to that place. But it's like so important because we never realized that. Like it'll never be enough. We'll never be enough. And we'll forever be on this, like, again, roller coaster of shame or guilt or obsession. Um, and when we're in that place, like we're spending so much energy fixating on those things that we can't create other things in the world, right? Because your energy is drained and energy is like our most valuable resource. And so it's like when you free up that, you have so much energy and space in your mind to create and do the magic that you're here to do in this world um, when we can get that straight for ourselves. Mm, I love that. It's uh, kind of the thought I have where I was like, wow, we are so... We are so consumed by like how our ass looks in certain genes or like how our our shirt is tucked in or like how we're being perceived in even the smallest ways at the grocery store, at the gym. Like imagine if we didn't have that like tugging and self-consciousness constantly, what we could be able to do, the people we would see, the people we would interact with, the things we would try in order to just expand and play more. I think it's like quite literally the version, what you just said about energy is so real. Like whether it's energy of the work you're creating and the words you're writing, or even just your ability to be a human in the life mm-hmm. that we have. Like we are so consumed by our own thoughts that it prevents us from living this life that could be so much more than what it's, what it is currently. Um, that really is cool because I think with, uh, women especially it's try it we kind of know it and i think you're living it and so i would love to know if you get stuck in that ever still and how it, some of your kind of go to's of like bringing yourself back to that reality of like no i am worth it yes absolutely um and i just want to circle back to what you just said because i think it's so important um that like it just gives us the ability to be present right like i think back to like experiences where I was like probably missed out on like how amazing it was because I was worried about like how I looked in a swimsuit or how I was looking in pictures and I wish I wasn't looking this way and like I wasn't fully present to just like enjoy life. Um, so that was just really, you made me think of that when you just mm-hmm. said that last thing. So real, right? Like, yeah, we don't want to be those people. I, I've said this, but like you see sometimes your parents are, um, I can't remember what it was. It was maybe like, someone in my family, like a distant relative, I don't remember what it was, but it was saying, oh God, I wish I could, I wish I knew how hot I was. <laughs> like Seeing pictures yeah, of right? like 20 years ago, like, God, I wish I knew how good looking I was then because then I was so worried about it and I, I had no idea. Like I just right. was so consumed in those thoughts. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to look at a picture and immediately see, even though I have to I'm so bad at this. I immediately see the flaw, right? Your eye goes to the flaw and then it's like, nope, change the story. See a Mm -hmm. positive. And it just takes so much effort, but it is so worth it because we should not be living our life 
just wishing. And then all of a sudden, 20 years later, I'd be like, God, I wish I didn't wish anymore. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I agree with that so much and such, such wisdom in those words. Um, but it, in terms of do I ever have those thoughts? Like, of course, I still have those thoughts. And I think that's really important um, to talk about because I think that sometimes like the internet can make it feel like, you know, oh, this person's just like, loves their body now and they're like in a better place and I just wish I could get to that place and feel free as well and it's like while you know I'm in a much better place than I've ever been in life those those thoughts still come up right mm-hmm. and it comes up for like a good reason and so it's like I'm always talking to people about this is that like you should never feel bad or feel guilty because those feelings are coming up because the reality is that we live in like a very patriarchal society right and like beauty is a form of social capital in the society. And so that's really important to know. It's because like marketing and advertising, they're all like aimed to make us feel a certain way so that we can buy this thing to fix this and buy this thing to fix that. It's intentional. And so like I, of course we still have those feelings that come up because it's like those messages are coming to us all the time. Right. Um, and also too, like, to be honest, especially, like I said, beauty is a form of capital within the system that we live in. So there is like perceived benefits to being in a thinner body or looking a certain way. Um, and so there's like this internal battle, right? Because on one way you're like, I don't want to participate in that system because I know it's messed up. But then on the flip side, you're like, but I see that these are things that maybe I, you feel anyways, right? Like there's perceived Received um, benefits. Mm-hmm. Like you think, oh, maybe I'll get more opportunities, or maybe I'll find a partner, or maybe I'll get a better job if I look a certain way. And so, of course, we 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 feel those things, and we're kind of in this middle ground. And it's like these um, these ever changing standards of beauty and unrealistic standards, but we still feel led to chase them sometimes. And so, for me, it's always like show ourselves compassion and kindness, right? Like always, no matter where you are on the scale of feeling like guilty because you want these things or feeling guilty because you don't, you aren't what you think is like the perceived standard of beauty. Like these are very nuanced conversations. Um, And of course there's a desire to participate in the system sometimes. And so for me, it's always reminding myself to be compassionate and kind to myself, which on the surface can sometimes sound like cliche because we hear those words all the time but like no truly like showing ourselves compassion for whatever we're feeling and like and for me sometimes it's like even just talking to myself like you would soothe a small child like that's how you need to soothe yourself sometimes right like I understand what you're feeling today and I know that you're feeling sad about this or that but I'm holding space for you and you're doing the best you can right now um and it's okay to feel the way you're feeling. So sometimes it's really simply like talking to myself in that manner. Um, And then also just reminding myself over and over that like, I'm perfect, I'm whole, I'm worthy. And I know sometimes like, again, when we talk about body positivity, it seems really cliche to like say nice things to yourself. And it seems kind of like, well, if you don't believe them, it doesn't matter. But like for me, like we know, I know, and I think a lot of people know the power of like our words, right? Mm -hmm. And so like maybe you don't internalize it right away or you don't feel a change, but continually speaking nice and kind things to yourself is does make a difference and in our bodies and how we feel about ourselves so for me it's always kindness and compassion i love that and it's so hard it is it's really hard right but but that's what you said and i think i've noticed you know when i have a hard time giving like having patience with other people or being like kind of like oh gosh like uh, those people aren't in allowed in my energy field like very kind of 
those, those triggers that we see on social media, like people that we don't really know, but like, Hey, I don't really like how that was, or I don't really like how that sat with me. What I realize is like that, that grace that we have for others is directly related to that grace we have for ourselves. Like if we are always judging, if we are always seeing that negative in other people and we somehow can justify it. Right. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it is justifiable, but it's so not our place because it's just showcasing that mirror of, no, it's how we actually feel about ourselves. Where are we doing that to ourselves? And you will find, I mean, areas of just the deepest, darkest places of, oh my gosh, I talk like shit about myself, (laughs) you know? Uh, and it's so good what you said because I about the marketing and how we're surrounded by it and how it is represented as opportunity and wealth and prosperity. It is ingrained in our society to be represented in a certain way. And so we have that dichotomy, right? We're trying so hard to be self-acceptant, yet we're surrounded by things that tell us everything but. And even though it's like the self-love movement has become a big thing, nothing really has changed in the way that it needs to. Yeah. And so I just think that when I, when you were saying that it, for me, the best example is I'm very, very sensitive to sounds like music. So if you ever have gotten into a bad mood, and I think this might be like the empath quality, but you all of a sudden your mood changes and you're like, Oh God, something feels chaotic. Like it feels strange. And then you just listen. You're like, Oh, what is this song? Like something Mm -hmm. will come on at the gym or on the radio. And it's got this weird sound vibration. Like for some reason it's not matching up. Yeah. You just are like, okay, next song, change the station. But we, we don't realize like, little things, if it's around us all the time, if our culture is permeated by it, how do we recognize it? How do we actually pull ourselves out of it without being one, pissed off, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and two, like knowing that it affects us at a very subconscious level, ways that we won't ever understand. So there, it's not that it doesn't exist. It's just that we're so unaware of it. Um, and and that's, a, I think, also the balance of like, well, how do we represent fitness and health and wellness without letting it eat us alive because we get so pissed by it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just love everything that you said so much. And like it resonates, uh, everything you said resonates with, with me so much. And I think it's really important that, that people that we start to recognize, again, what you said, like even music, like all these things all day long are like affecting us on a a subconscious level that so many times we're not picking up on. And it's like paying attention to your energy and your vibrations. And when you start to feel like you're your mood dropping, right? Where you're feeling like just not good and saying, okay, what's going on? Like, why am I not feeling this way? And what do I need to start feeling better? Um, and like music is really like a great example because it's like, maybe this is not a song that vibrationally I need to be like on right now. And so I need to stop listening to that. And the same thing with like all the things that we're consuming, right? Like TV programs that we're watching and like knowing when it's time to take a, a step back from social media and just be like, I need less of that in my life because even energetically on social media, there's so much energy out there, right? Um, and all of these things are affecting how we feel on a day-to-day basis. And it's just so important to tune into like how we're feeling and what can I do to feel better? And so like, even if like being in nature makes you feel better, like take 10 minutes to take a walk and raise your vibration in that way. Um, 
if meditating and deep breathing helps you take five minutes and do that and just really be uh, attentive to like how your mood like relates to different things that come into our, our energy every day because it does make such a huge, huge difference in the way we live our lives. And one thing that I, you know, really you just talked about um, just like when we're talking like shit about other people, right? And sometimes the right, it is justified because like maybe people do like really fucked up things, right? <laughs> like that's really true. But there's also a balance of like, I'm not choosing to give my energy and my life if to that thing, like even though it's fucked up and even though it's messed up and it's not a part of like avoidance because that's like a completely different thing. It's not avoidance. It's like being in, in recognition of like the mess of things that are happening in the world. It's like particularly as it comes to social justice, but also recognizing that uh, talking shit about it um, in a way that's not productive is not going to like make things better. And so it's a practice that takes like time and energy and like every day I'm working on those things myself. Um, but it, it is really important. So I'm so happy that you brought that up. Well, I think you do a great job, right? Because it's such a, you're in a position uh, where you have a great, you have such a way with words. And I think you have such a beautiful transformation internally that it's contagious, right? Those are the people we are drawn to or those that have tapped into something, whether it's a hero's journey or they have experienced something in themselves, which makes it so relatable and so real, everything that we open the podcast up with. And so I think it is, I just have a lot of respect for it because there's such a fine line between letting it consume us and also letting it exists without being it without addressing it directly like how can i address this but not give in to the people that are not going to respect what i say um and i just think that that's i just i've seen it on your page and i've seen the comments and i've seen some people being of course extremely accepting of it and then other people being just terrible people yeah <laughs> like these are real issues it's not just like eat more fat and eat less carbs the shit i deal with like these are things that people need to hear and see and aren't comfortable with. And so it puts you in this position of vulnerability and openness and creativity while also having still that negative energy that we just can't avoid. And so I do want to commend you on the way you handle things. And I also just, I, it's a tough position that you are walking in and I just have a lot of respect for it. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I mean, you're right. Some people like say really like <laughs> mean and just like nasty things. Um, but I got, I was at this like book signing one time for this woman and she um, was just, she's like really, she's a very big YouTube following and she just has a massive following in general. And I got this advice from her. Uh, well, she gave it to everybody, but it was for me personally. I took it. Um, and it was that like, like the more impact that you want to have in the world, like you just expect that there's going to be more hateful comments and it, like as many people that you're going to impact in a positive way, there's going to be people who say really hurtful, negative things. And she's like, the best thing you can do is just let that roll off of you because it's not about you. It's about them. Um, and so for me, like when I get really negative or nasty comments and just like that person obviously needs love and, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to, internalize that. I'm definitely not going to argue back and fight with this person because that's nothing productive that's going to come from that. Um, and just remember, like always for all of us, that when we know that we're doing something important, there's always going to be people that don't like it. And there's always going to be people that love it. And I detach myself from the outcome and the results. Um, and I'm just doing what I think I believe is my work in the world. And like anything else that comes out, like that's just what happens. 
Oh, the line you just said, Chrissy, detach myself from the outcome and results. And I think this is probably my biggest struggle personally is just, especially when you get into the wonderful world of business and numbers, that mm-hmm. balance is so real. Cause it's not just, you know, we're not talking about Instagram followings. We're talking about our bank account and funding yeah. and product <laughs> creation. You know, yes. it's like no matter what level you're at, this is something that anybody can resonate with. and. I just think that is the work. That is the work to figure out your value outside of the numbers in whatever capacity that is. The weight on the scale, the amount of revenue you have coming in, the number of followers you have. Like This is what I think everyone should focus on. And it's so much harder than it sounds, right? It's just like, yes. okay, let's detach. <laughs> um, but I do, I mean, the tips you already said are helpful. That's nature is definitely my like, recenter and I am part of this universe in a way that makes it so much like it raises vibration immediately to where that little stuff doesn't even it's like it I'm bulletproof right it just bounces yeah. off but yeah. the days that I'm not at that vibration and it permeates and it's like oh shit I oh that hurt like oh mm-hmm. I feel that and so I think it's instantly saying for me okay if I felt that if that affected me then I'm clearly not in the place that I could be to allow it to just fizzle. It, if what can make me get that to bounce off? Like what right. can put me in that place that's so far above this that those little things I don't even have to like talk through anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think too, it's just so important, like when we're having those days, because we all do, right? Where things permeate, like you said, that's like such a way, it's such a perfect way to put it. And it's like instead of trying to jump from like where I am now to like the best possible version I could be on, like, what's just one thing that I could just raise my vibration a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I can go from there. Um, because there's definitely days where like things just don't feel as great. Um, and we all deal with that. And like the idea that like every day we're going to be like in these super high vibrations and never have, well, maybe there are people that there's probably people that can't do that. I'm not there yet though. Right. Me either. <laughs> so it's like, that's unrealistic for me to expect to be there now. So it's just like always staying in tune with myself and like, okay, I'm not at the best today, but like, what's one thing I can do to just step it up a little bit and raise my vibration just a tad today? Yeah. And I kind of, I think, you know, sometimes I struggle with like, with, you know, both of us in social media and, um, how we run and operate the the work that we do. It's like, is there a cure to this or is it just always going to look more perfect? Like, is there outside of the writing that we have, like, how can I partake in this? If it bothers me that everything looks like, it looks like everyone has the highest vibrations. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. Like it looks like nothing affects (laughs) anybody. So what is the change to that? Is it just being aware of that and knowing that that is now what social media is and what it's representative representative of? Or is it saying, do we share more of those dark days? Do we share more of the ugly? And, you know, I guess it's just person to person, but um, that's just some thoughts that came to my mind of like, well, how am I partaking, partaking in this? Like, I'm clearly a part of this issue of we have this double standard, like we're making everything look perfect when it's clearly not. So how can I... It's not at all. Yeah. So sharing that story and how we can do that more, but you know, if nothing else, everyone listening, I hope you realize we're, we're struggling on that vibration chain, just like you. (laughs) Yeah. And I think also, you know, one thing that I, I need to do a better job of talking about on social media, but I do talk like with my one-on-one clients always remembering is that like social media is not real life, right? Like there's aspects of it that are real, but also it's highly curated. Um, 
And like, you just have to, like when you're partaking in social media, like, I just think it's so important that people recognize for themselves that like, you can't look at other people's like news feeds and everything they're doing and be like, oh my God, their life is just so perfect. Like no one's life is perfect, right? We're all struggling with things. Um, and, and so much of what we see on everything we see on social media, is just what people want you to see. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the same is true for me. I participate in the system in the same way. It's like, I don't, like wake up in the morning and do a selfie when like I'm crusty, right? Like that just I, and put that on my news feed, right? Um, I just don't do that. And so one thing I have been trying to do more of is like talking on my stories and every day today, like what I normally look like. This is what I look like most of the time, um, and doing more of that. But I, I just think it's so important for us as like um, consumers of content to realize that social media is just what people want to see, and um, like take everything that we. See see on social media with a grain of salt. And again, if someone is triggering you, even if they're not doing anything, like if for some reason you're just triggered by somebody, it probably does have everything to do with you and not with them. But also like put someone on mute if you don't need to see that right now. If it's like affecting you in a way that's not good for you, that's not harmful to them. Just put them on mute and be like, okay, I don't need that right now. Hmm. And just always be really... um, just cognizant of our environment and like what we need personally. Um, one thing that I'm working on this week, which I've never done this before, um, but like uh, I'm slowly putting my entire news feed on you. I'm just gonna try it for two weeks. I'm just gonna do it for two weeks, which is kind of a lot of work because I make a list of everybody so that I remember to like unmute <laughs> everyone. But I'm gonna do it for two weeks because again, I just I just want to see how I feel because I do think there's so much energy that we absorb just like scrolling yeah. on social media. Um, and so like just do different things and try things and see how it affects you. Um, and there's no harm in doing that for yourself. So I love that. I, and I think I, you know, there's something, it's a perfect example. You said it right. Like if you have somebody triggering you, uh, there was like a, a podcast. I Googled like trigger podcasts just cause I wanted to dig into psychology of triggers and roots of what, where they come from. And it was from the, this guy from like 2014 and I need to find it because he did such a great job kind of sharing the story. It was probably like the first I mean, it was so long ago. I hope that he's still doing it, but it was so interesting to see these triggers are so minute that they like they come from when you were four, from five, mm-hmm. from six, from ten, from your first relationship, from your first breakup. Things yeah. that you think you've healed from, things that you think you've gotten over, and they come out of nowhere and they're triggered because of something that happened that has nothing to do with the person that happened that made that happen. Right. (laughs) I always have this struggle of like when people say, I love that you said mute, because for me, when I think we unfollow people or when we easily are like, Oh, that person makes me feel bad about myself. Like I, I've had countless amounts of people come up to me and be like, I used to follow you, but then I had to unfollow because I felt bad about myself. Yeah. I I was like, Oh God, that just like breaks my heart because it's the last thing I'd ever want from somebody. I want, you know, it's like, okay, but I can't take that on. And who am I doing that to? Have I ever felt that about somebody? And I just find that it is always when we want to unfollow somebody and we feel like it's so quick to say, let's break that. We, we shorten the journey, the learning experience that we could get from it. Instead of just saying, let me see what happens in two weeks. If I get this out of my vision and see Mm -hmm. how I feel, it's, it's kind of that fine line of like, we can easily put blame on somebody else, but really it is saying, no, that's my own eyes seeing it. It's my own triggers. It's my own past. And there's a way that you can, you can find some great stuff 
once you go through the shit. Like it hurts a little bit and it's like, oh, let me dig through. But you find answers that will like radically change the way you see people. It's just so important. So I love, I think I want to do that too. Yeah. And I, I love what you just talked about um, with this, the podcast on triggering. And uh, it's so important because I think more than we realize, all of us have so many unhealed wounds and traumas from our whole lives, right? Um, things that and we don't life, even recognize in lives, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. And like, I know that's like a little out there and people may have a hard time conceptualizing that, but like we have a lot of unhealed trauma that and wounds that we have to work through from like lifetimes. And so um, it's so true that things that we see that trigger us, again, there's something in us that we need to work on. And it's, and, and it's like people get kind of weird about saying that sometimes because there are people who say awful things in the world, right? But even still from that, there's something within us that we need to heal. Um, and so it is hard work. And but it's so important. And like on the other side of doing all that work, you find so many realizations about yourself and you find so much strength and you find so much peace that it's like worth it. Mm. Yes, it is so worth it. And it never changes, right? There's always a new trigger and another Mm -hmm. layer and that's the work. That's, that's the human of what we came to do and be. And so like, we'll find them when we're 85. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But it's good to start now, like in not allowing ourselves to cover it up by just quickly saying unfollow that feels weird I'm going to cut it off that's totally yeah. what I to do and how I used to operate of like not necessarily with social media but with people or with conversations like if it didn't feel good I just was like no I'm good cool see you later and now having those moments and having that awareness like if I dig into this I will find out a lot about myself and that's mm-hmm. worth it to me so yeah that's so good Hmm. Well, I was telling you before we hit record, there was this book that I wanted to read. Um, so I'll give the audience a little bit of uh, backstory. And then I just am so excited to talk about this with you to kind of finish off this podcast because so, I knew it, it's so relevant. So my listeners, um, I had a, a friend that I used to live in the mountains with Cherie and she randomly sent me this book called Simple Abundance and I was telling Chrissy that it's basically something you would see on your great grandma's shelf and it's amazing it's from Sarah Ban Breathnock called A Daybook of Comfort and Joy like it legit looks like an old school cookbook and every day <laughs> every day is this little blurb and kind of this mantra slash quote and it just digs into random things and I literally the day I opened it, the bookmark was on that day. So I just have this connection with this book. And every time I read it, I'm like, oh my God, this is so real. So I highly suggest it. But the one that was yesterday, and it was just perfect for our conversation, Chrissy, um, was called Always Be a First Rate Version of Yourself. And I want to read this part and just kind of talk about it with you because it's so real. Everything about it. She says, actually, I don't even know who this, um, oh, her person is Sarah. So she goes, I make a terrible Judy Garland, but I do make a pretty good Sarah. You see, whether we are consciously aware of it or not, we're constantly programmed by the world to be other women, not ourselves. We're supposed to look like Cindy Crawford, entertain like Martha Stewart, and decorate like Alexandra Stoddard, who I do not know who that is. (laughs) Uh, With this pervasive social schizophrenia, it's no wonder that most women are terribly confused about the issue of authenticity. 
according to Webster's Dictionary, to be authentic is to be not imaginary, false, or imitation. To be authentic is to be genuine, veritable, bona fide, being actually and precisely what is claimed. The only thing that we can genuinely claim is to be ourselves, but our best is good enough even on our bad day. And I just thought that was so relevant to everything, even though this is really old. I think like, yeah, I don't even know the year. I want to say maybe it's not as old as I think, maybe like 90s, early 90s. Um, why, why do you think that we're so programmed to be other women and not ourselves? First off, I'm like going to search down this book and get it for myself because I'm like, oh my God, this is right up my alley. Isn't it so good? Read a little love note like that every day is amazing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting that. Um, But, you know, I think it's because it's this idea, I think even more so now than ever, right? Like we see people doing, other women doing amazing things, right? And like, and I'm going to speak for myself. I'm not even joking when I say this. All my friends do amazing things. Like literally all my friends do amazing things. My one girlfriend lives in Seattle. Um, she just like recently, like a few months ago, started a new podcast called Balanced Black Girl. And uh, this past week, she, and she started a book club with it, right? And just like a local thing in Seattle. And then this past week, Michelle Obama. Oh my God, I saw this picture. Book club. Oh my God. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this is my friend. And Michelle Obama just came to her book club in Seattle, who are my friends, right? I have another girlfriend who's an amazing life coach. And she um, is speaking at the Alt Summit this week, which is huge. Um, I have another girlfriend, Shannon. She just opened a brand new gym in um, in New York. So I have all these people doing amazing things, right? Mm-hmm. And like, if you're not careful, you start thinking like, oh, maybe I should do something like that person because like that happened to them. Or maybe I should do something like this person because that really cool habit thing happened. And like, it's really easy to get focused, I mean, on, on all those other things instead of being like, no, I'm doing really cool things and really great things are happening for me too. Um, and I think sometimes we just forget like how abundant the universe really is, right? And so like actually just a couple days ago, I tweeted this and it was just, and all I said was the universe is abundant. There's an unlimited supply of success. You're not in competition with anyone right? And like, there's enough of everything in the world for all of us. And so we don't have to be like, I'm going to be like this person because I want this thing to happen. I'm going to mirror this person because like, they're getting a lot of attention on social media or like really amazing things are happening to them. There's enough for all of us. And like what your purpose and your plan in this world is like all the abundant things are going to happen to you when you just tune into that and like not get distracted and be grateful and happy that all those amazing things are happening to your friends. Because also that shows you that those things could happen to you, not those exact things, but like that great things can happen to you too. And so instead of like looking at people who are doing amazing things and feeling like, Oh, I'm not enough. Why aren't these happening to me? I get excited because I'm like, man, that is so awesome. That means that like really awesome things are happening for me too. And I'm so excited. And just like sending people love and and prosperity because that's the same thing you're going to reflect back to yourself. Um, And I just, I really think that we get caught up in this energy of like, if something happening for someone something good is happening for someone else and like it's taking away from what can happen for me when that's just not the truth. Like the universe is that abundant that like anything that we want or desire can happen for all of us. Um, and really like living in that energy every day is really important. I love that post that you said. I thought that was, it's exactly what you just When you think of maybe like that stinge of jealousy or Mm -hmm. fear of doubt that that could ever happen to you, all that is is saying my my 
arms are shut, right? My hands yeah. are crossing, my chest. <laughs> yes. and, and how can you ever, ever receive anything when that's where we're at? Like, like spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, how are you sitting in this world? And if your hands are up and open, you immediately see somebody with like a smile on their face, like kind of looking up. Right. And then you mm-hmm. start to see hands crossed over your chest, someone sitting and slouched in their posture, like hypothetically, even though I do think it translates very literally to how we walk in this world. Um, and kind of what you speak to about taking up space in this world, like how I think that's such a good check-in, like how am I initially reacting and how is that serving me? And how is that serving everyone around me? If I'm here to just grow and be, a, be the best of me I can be, the universe has to be involved if that's going to happen. And right. so opening up is just, ah, uh, yes, I love I just that. love what you just said too, but like the analogy of like your arms being crossed, like that is so true. Like you have to be open to receiving like whatever is going to come and whatever form is going to come and be like, I'm open to receiving it all. Um, so yeah, I just love that visual. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Like, like a psychological, like we're kind of like a, a angry toddler sometimes just sitting yeah. there. Like, mm-hmm. so I think it's just, <laughs> like we all do it. Right. But, um, the gentleness, the forgiveness of self, like you said, when we catch ourselves in it, you can switch. You can totally switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this has been so good, Chrissy. I don't Gosh, want I've enjoyed it so end. much. Thank I know. You. <laughs> so this is so good for my soul. Um, okay. So I, before we wrap up, I ask everybody, what is your spirit animal? Oh, interesting. So <laughs> I, um, I actually don't think or I don't I don't have a spiritual animal and the reason I say that is because um like I used to always do that and then like some indigenous people reached out to me and said that they really like don't like that we use like their tribal language in that way mm-hmm. um so I stopped doing it when um people said that so uh, I that. Yeah. yeah and I was just like oh I respect that um so I don't have one <laughs> yeah. that's okay yeah I think um I totally respect that as well I do think we have so many connections to the universe that spirit guides yes. yeah, so yeah. real, right? So no matter our background, yes, 100%. we can be aware, but we have absolutely butchered it. The amount of times I've seen yeah. <laughs> people saying that Madonna is their spirit animal or whatever yeah. it might be, like I totally <laughs> overdone it. But I do think um, you should totally listen to a podcast I did with Stephen Farmer, who's a shaman and he wrote a book about spirit guides. And yes. yes. Ugh, God, it just like, it speaks to your soul so strongly. So I have so much respect for the people that have said that. And I do think just like tarot cards, right? We can so easily take advantage or Sage or Palo Santo. We could so easily just butcher things because we're just... Ugh, we're just a terrible culture sometimes, but that's okay. yes, we are learning true. and we're, we're learning and doing better. We're trying um, and being aware. <laughs> yes. Hmm. But I do strongly uh, believe in spirit guides. So there's no doubt about that. Um, and, yep. and 100% um, believe in that and uh, feel that spirit are guiding me all the time. So totally. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Oh, that's good. Um, you have some great things happening. You know, the quote that I read was the body liberation project, which I know is launching soon. You have a retreat in, in Colorado Springs, glow up retreat outside of finding you on social media. I am Chrissy King, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y. Where is the best place for people to get plugged into what you're doing? 
Yeah. So basically my website, <clears throat> chrissyking.com. And then um, I'm most active on Instagram at I am Chrissy King. Um, so yeah, we're doing, I'm co-hosting a retreat with my really good, two of my really good girlfriends. Um, and it's going to be amazing. It's for a very small group of women, like 30 women. We're like over halfway sold out, but uh, it's going to be really beautiful four days um, of connecting with other women. I'm going to be doing some talk on body image. My friend, Sharon, who's a life coach, is going to be doing a lot of beautiful work on joy and gratitude in our lives. Um, we're going to be out in nature. Um, so we'll have lots of downtime to just like be alone and do our own thing. And then a lot of group activities. So it's going to be beautiful. It's this Memorial Day weekend. So if you're interested in that, um, you can find details on my uh, Instagram page. And then, yeah, the Body Liberation Project um, is going to be a small group coaching program. And again, I really feel that my place in fitness is helping people, women find liberation, total liberation in their bodies. Um, so it's going to be a really intimate and amazing group as well. Um, so if you're interested in either of those, hit me up and we'll chat about it. I love it. Chrissy, thanks for filling my soul on this Thank you. morning. so much fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I can't wait to meet you in person soon. Yes. I hope so too. Yay. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you.